Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, I'm Grongi Maguire, and this is Chantelle Fiducci and Pate. Hello. We bonded over our love of reminiscing about weird celebrity couples. The ones no one would believe happened if Google wasn't there to back it up. We want you to join us as we remember when love was young, times were simpler, and we really thought that Angelina and Billy Bob Thornton were going to make it. Every week we're joined by a celebrity guest to discuss the showbiz romance they never got over. So take our hand and stroll down memory lane with us as we remember the the way way they they were. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Grania. <laughs> Sorry, that's, that's, so was that. Hello to you too. <laughs> I was working on something. I was working on something. So my news this week is I've been off my face on medication for uh, root canal treatment that I'm getting this week. Spoiler alert. And all the references, the only person I can think of when it comes to prescription drugs is Judy Garland. And I keep m- making Judy Garland references and, uh, and not enough people remember poor Judy's struggle with medication. So I'm getting a lot of blank faces. I'm not surprised. I mean, we do do a podcast where we describe lots of celebrities and we've had more than one person in our <laughs> podcast already that has had some issues with narcotics sometimes. So you could just, if you ever need some help, just give me a ring, just give me texts. I can offer you up some names of someone who might be able to help you out out of this. I mean, for instance, I mean, her daughter is somewhere to start, maybe. She's alive still, so that might be something. <laughs> but I think my problem is all a lot of my cultural references are like of somebody born in 1920, so... Well, that's okay. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. You're in, you're in a safe space mm-hmm. here. Is there anything... I think you want to break up with making references about Judy Garland. Is there anything you're particularly happy about this week? Anything you were in love with this week? A lot has happened in celeb world. Well, I'm very happy about... Maybe happy or confused by all the coverage of Brooklyn Beckham's wedding. Well, I agree. It's like, when when did he become famous? He's not. They were trying. It's not going to work. He's not a good cook. <laughs> The photography thing didn't work out. They're really trying to push Brooklyn on us. Have you seen any of his cooking stuff on the TV in America? I just love that when he taught them how to make a sausage. Wasn't a, a was it a sausage an sandwich? Sausage or a rice? sandwich, and he puts his finger in the yolk of the egg, and it's the grossest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. My dear friend Lizzie, if she's listening, she'll know what I'm talking about because she oh. points it out every time. It's the grossest thing, and he's and he just can't do it. He doesn't know what he's doing, and this wedding is. If the most famous people at your wedding, and you're meant to be a celebrity, and if the most famous people there are your mum's friends from the 90s, I'm sorry, it ain't happening, kid. This isn't working. I don't care. I don't care about Brooklyn and Nicole. Actually, I care more about Nicole Peltz than I do about Brooklyn Beckham, put it that way. So she's just a socialite. Essentially, yeah. Yeah, essentially. Because mm-hmm. She comes from money the likes of which the Beckhams just can't even fathom like she comes from money 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 like when the whole thing about their um what's it called when you have to sign the thing before you get married so you don't 
Steal anyone's money. Prenup. Yeah, prenup. Jesus. When it comes to the prenup, everyone presumed that was for Brooklyn. No, 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 no. That was for Nicole, okay? They don't give a shit about Brooklyn's money. This is all about Nicole Peltz's lawyer's family going, right, we need to actually save our billions and billions of dollars here. So... So yeah, it was a yeah, it's it's it wasn't a particularly interesting celebrity wedding. But then we also had the Benefer engagement 2.0 news. Oh, lest we forget. Incredible. Incredible. A beautiful the ring is really nice, lovely. It's a green ring. Not my not my style of ring, I'll be honest, but I like the stone color. I like the green. I'm a big fan yeah. of green. My mom's engagement ring was emerald. I like a green one. The oh. shape not my favorite. It's basically the same as her pink ring, the original one he gave her, but in green. But she likes them. Um, she likes her rocks big. She does. And then the other big news, which I'm just remembering, because yesterday, you must I, be. I think I was... I thought of you when I read this. I know what you're going to say. And I thought <laughs> Brian is going to be so excited. <laughs> is that the news of Britney? Yeah, it's the news of Britney oh, being knocked up. I thought God. I was like, Grainne is somewhere being very, very happy. I was genuine. I was having a bit of a bleak week. And then bloody Britney, she did it again. She did, did it. it again. That's all she's wanted. I'm so happy for her. I'm, I'm so, glad that such you're good news. happy for her. <laughs> I'm glad that you're happy for her. I'm not unhappy. I'm just more kind of like, ugh. That, that was more the was more the noise I made when I read the news. Just, okay, we'll see. Let's find out what happens here. But but um, between her and Rihanna, it's a very fun year for 2022. It's a very exciting year for celebrity babies. So Do you know, we deserved it and we need it. We need it and we got it. So We need it and we got it. Great stuff. Well, next time we hear from you, I hope that you're... Uh, Root Canal went well. I'm sure all our listeners are sending you best wishes for the old root. It'll be fine. Oh, well, you know what will cheer me up? The next episode, we are joined by, not only is she incredibly funny and beautiful and wonderful, she's also a very good friend. I'm so excited. We've got Pippa Evans. The, the way they were. Hi, Pippa. Thank you so much for doing our podcast. Um, I'm genuinely excited to do it. <laughs> I've spent far too much time thinking about this. <laughs> That's what we want to hear, Pippa. I'm dying to hear this couple is. And before we dive into your couple, and dive we will, we're a romantic podcast. Do you consider yourself a romantic person? I think I think I am, actually. I think I'm, I think I'm a bit soppy. <laughs> I really love my husband loads and um, and I won't even join you know when people do like bond by slagging off their partner because that's how we make friends I really can't do it I, I just have to sit there and be like actually he's just really nice <laughs> That's cute. Yeah, very, I'm very soppy, and um, and just I just think love's the best thing in the world. <laughs> oh my god! Are you? Are you? What are you on? And can, where can I get some? <laughs> I'm on Jacob's cream crackers. Um, yeah, and I just think I think love is amazing. And when you find someone that you love, like it just it just cures all, right? It's a cure all. It's like the cow pole for grown ups. Yes. What I will say is, Chantal, I don't know if you've had the pleasure, and I do mean the pleasure, but I have met Mr. Pippa Evans, or as I refer him respectfully as Mr. Buds. Yeah. He's called I've, Mr. I've not Buds. Had this pleasure. <laughs> and he is a king amongst men. He, he is lovely. 
everyone calls him Mr. Bunce. No one, in fact, people often come up to me and go, What's his first? I don't actually know what his first name is. Okay, let's, let's just cut to the chase. Why are we calling this guy Mr. Bunce? Explain this to me. <laughs> because it's because. Is he a children's villain in a, in a book or something? What's going on? It's because his last name is Bunce. And it's just, oh, that was a boring answer. I kind of thought I'd have some crazy story. It's just his last name. All right, then. Moving on. No, I, I think this is okay. Here, here's what I think is a Mr. Bunce is Pippa's husband has a real like grown up energy in the room. You know, he's he was he was like born a silver fox. And especially I think because I've known you quite a while, Pippa, like everybody else would go out like little boys. I feel like he was always a man and he always had a lot of dignity. <laughs> and when he's when he came to see your Edinburgh show, you really felt like you know, somebody of substance was in the room and it felt like insulting to refer to him by his Christian name. He was he was Mr. Bunce. He has something very like period drama about him. <laughs> he could only be called Mr. Bunce. Um, and it uh, always makes me laugh. There's a bit in, um, uh, is it Pride and Prejudice? Well, you know, where they call their husband, they'd be like, Mr. Yeah. Barnaby. So I often do that to him if I'm cross. Mr. Bunce, what do you say to me, sir? <laughs> I feel like calling him by surname, it just would be too intimate and too informal. Mm. No, I agree. That's why I would never use it. <laughs> so your couple is incredible. Genuinely <laughs> so excited. But first of all, uh, we need to establish Chantal doesn't know yet who your couple is. So we'd like to provide her with a few clues to see if she can guess who the dream couple are. So Pippa's couple met and fell in love in the dreamy, balmy summer of 1987. Okay. It was the year the very first Simpson episode, or the, it wasn't an episode, it was, it was the year the very, the, it, it was the year we first met the Simpsons. <laughs> All right. On, 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 the Trace, on the Tracy Ullman show. On the Tracy Ullman I show. Watched, I remember watching that. Go on. Terry Waite is kidnapped. And... Three men and a little baby is riding high in the box office. Okay. But that wasn't the only thing magical about that year. Because it was a year this dream couple met. There was much ado about these two when they found lovey, actually. Oh, I know who they said. I, I knew they were British because you were all way too excited about this for them to be from <laughs> my people. And for, oh my God, the best of the best of the best. It's, um, it's uh, Kenneth Branagh. And um, Brenna, and she won the Oscar as well for Emma. She's in love, actually. Cut all this out, please. What the fuck is her content <laughs> name? Oh, this is so irritating. Chantal? T. Wait, am I, it is definitely her, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it is. Do you want to put her out of her misery? Papa? Oh my God, what the hell is this woman's name? It's, it's so Kenneth Branagh and Emma and Thompson. Emma Thompson, Jesus. Oh, I thought you meant T for her first name. Uh, Emma, okay, you, you, you were going last name like Mr. Bunce that got you in the mode of last names. Emma Thompson, of course, yes. Of course, classic, classic couple. I knew there were going to be some English. I was like, it's either those two or like Hugh Grant and Liz Hurley. It's like oh. some like Queen English ones here. This is very exciting, guys. Get involved. Let's go. So, Pippa, first of all, if we have fools listening to this podcast who don't know who Emma Thompson and Kenneth Branagh were and what they meant to the 
British nation, how would you describe them? Oh, well, queen and king of the world of the lovies. And at the time, uh, they were just like this beautiful, sweet couple with their dramery ways. They did they did much ado about nothing. And to get teenagers to watch a VHS of a Shakespeare film is, is no mean feat. So to be able to do that uh, as a couple was something spectacular. Uh, and I'll always remember that that little scene at the end between Benedict and Beatrice, which is Emma and and Kenneth, and you're watching it going, it's like they're in love, really. That's why they're able to be in love uh, as these characters. And so they they were the the king and queen of British film world, the king and queen of British theatre world. And, And they just seemed very nice, didn't they? And very sweet. And they looked really good together. But then it all fell apart, Gwanya. Then tragedy struck. Tragedy struck. And why, when we asked you on this podcast, why was this the first couple, do you think, that popped into your head? Um, I'll tell you why. Because I didn't really know they were a couple until I saw in a magazine a picture of Helena Bonham Carter with <sighs> Kenneth Branagh with his arms around her under a tree. Oh, uh, no. And it was one of those sort of... It's a sign uh, of what's at, to come. Look at these guys. They shouldn't be kissing. <laughs> Those kind of magazines. And I was like, what is this? It was the first time I'd witnessed celebrity heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and I was horrified that anyone would do that to Emma Thompson because I thought she was just like this perfect angel lady. Also very, a very funny lady. I was like, you don't hurt funny people. <laughs> Uh, so I, so it really stuck with me because because it was so upsetting and it and it felt like he'd he'd like shopped her in for a cooler model you know because um Helena Bonham mm-hmm. Carter's very cool you know no mm-hmm. no beef against her as it, as a human she was uh, got a great jawline really was it that he just wanted his children to have more angular faces uh, I don't know but it was I it mean was... he does have a type let's be honest these two were these two were falling from the same tree he's not <laughs> he didn't go that far from Emma Thompson to Helen Bottom Carter to a lot of to, there's a lot of people in the world to which those are the same person well, so, they, what are you saying one of them is strawberry blonde and the other is a brunette so completely different actually I don't give I'm not one of those people but I know there's a huge swath of the world that's like it's a different what those are the same people <laughs> I mean they did play sisters yeah they for, literally for Reason, so. <laughs> I can't um, work out I think, if, that's, if that's more hurtful or less hurtful when a guy cheats on you with someone who's very much like you. I don't know if that, if that makes it better or worse. Emma Thompson did say that she thought the reason that he was attracted to her was because they're both mad and they both have terrible fashion sense. <laughs> I like it. That's good. So, you know, was, was, very, was Helena like fair enough? Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. I think she would be, wouldn't she? She yeah, likes I think her, she, she likes her bonkers clothes. Yeah. Uh, this couple, I have to say, if you are a highly strung, theatrical, little unpopular child growing up in the Irish countryside, <laughs> I don't know if you can imagine such a creature. Emma Thompson and Kenneth Branagh. Oh my. God, like for me, they were like just the dream life. They were the dream couple, you know, they seemed just so cool and so fabulous. And I just, I remember just, I I idolised them so much. I thought they were just perfect. They were just so like creative, but they're famous, but they didn't seem to care about being famous. And they just effortlessly had all these cool friends, but they were just like, oh, I just wear old jumpers. <laughs> 
cool. They were really effortless, and they re- and, and um, you're right. So they were kind of loose almost, mm-hmm. weren't they? Kind of oh oh we, oh I've accidentally become a, a darling of the of the screen. I'm so I, I didn't mean to. I'd rather just sit here wrapped in a in a rug in front of a fire. <laughs> those kind of people. Um, but you're right. I think she gave hope as well, Emma, mm-hmm. to such such types i can imagine a similar type not in uh, in ireland but growing up in w5 west london going oh she's she, her teeth aren't quite right and she's a bit geeky maybe there's hope for me too you know sorry my cat is come to join the podcast yes right there, mate? everyone has opinions even the cat. everybody has opinions <laughs> okay before we go to a deep dive i know what we're all thinking sure but what about the star signs well I can say Dame Emma Thompson is born 15th of April, which makes her an Aries. Right. So, Kenneth Branagh, 10th of December, Sagittarius. So, what do you think their compatibility percentages according to the stars? Well, I would say that the moon must be rising into Saturn. Um, mm. So, probably if we're reverse taking the second moon calendar then <laughs> I want a number I want a number I would say 78 percent 78 percent okay she's going high mm. Chantal well, I ha- think these two were very compatible regardless of what the star signs say they didn't break up due to incompatibility put it that no. way so I'm gonna say but but also I as I have to always say I don't believe in this at all astrology so as a result I'm going to say that they were a low percentage I'm going to say they were not too low like 35 35% well according to the star signs Aries which is Emma can be a little bit vain about their sexual abilities oh, and performance wow well if you're good you're good <laughs> what do you confident Whereas Sagittarius Kenneth is able to break this wall of strict sexual tension and lead to a more relaxed zone where they can relax and experiment. These two fire signs are very passionate, each in their own way, and have a 95% compatibility. Yeah, and this doesn't surprise me because what got in the way was a stupid slip-up, wasn't it? It It wasn't like they fell out. It was just... He was on a set of Frankenstein. She was wearing a low-cut top. They fell in. They fell in lust, didn't they? And well, he was too well young. we have to get there still. Let's see. Let's see if you still hold that opinion. Oh, it's getting juicy. <laughs> I didn't realise this was like a crossover with Murder She Wrote. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. You, you think you know, but you know nothing. <laughs> So um, Emma Thompson comes from quite like a comfortable, you know, upper middle class creative background. Her mother is the Scottish actress, Lydia Law. Her dad, Eric Thompson, was involved in theatre and was famously the writer, narrator of kids TV series, The Magic Roundabout. So cute. So she grew up in a very theatrical family. Her sister is also a very successful actress. She went to Cambridge. She became the first female member of Footlights and had a romantic relationship with Hugh Laurie. 
That's, I mean, that would have been, if, if, they, if, oh. if that can come back around again to get some yeah, point. Yeah. That's even better than if, if Jennifer Aniston started going out with David Schwimmer, that would be pretty good. But if oh. Emma Thompson started going back out with oh, Hugh Emma Laurie. Emma and Hugh. Oh. Imagine, it'd be so dreamy. They must be even higher. They must be like 98, 99%, surely. Oh. I think if they I mean, sort of like see each other, they'd actually start growing actual plums in their mouths, like the poshness <laughs> would just overtake them. It'd no, be too much. Hugh, they'd actually imagine. become walking, like the, the, the word aristocracy would just be them in suits walking around. <laughs> but imagine how hot, like early twenties, Hugh Laurie. Before oh, Hugh, Hugh Laurie can he... still get it now, if you ask me. Oh, Hugh Laurie's hot. He's, he's mm. never been not hot. Fully yeah. agree. Meanwhile, Kenneth Branagh, if you really want to know about his childhood, I recommend watching a little black and white film called Belfast <laughs> in the cinemas <laughs> at the moment. Basically, he comes from a sort of a, a unionist Protestant family in Belfast. His family have to leave because of the troubles. <laughs> the troubles! <laughs> um, and then he moves to England. This is just a little insight into what young Kenneth Branagh was possibly like. At the age of 15, he had his own column in a local newspaper called Junior Bookshelf. Oh, my God. <laughs> this guy. Jeez. How many bullies did he have? Did they, did, they, did they wait in the line to beat him up after school? He had to get a number and get in a queue. Jesus. Junior Bookshelf. Then he, he gets into RADA at like an incredibly young age. I think he was like 18. Really, really young. When he was at RADA, he wrote to Lord Olivier... Larry, Larry to ask how he should play a particular role in Chekhov he also wrote to the school principal saying he needed to play his first Hamlet and could rather please do him the courtesy of putting on a production Aesop wow. wow he just couldn't wait could he that is so confident I love that he says I need to play my first Hamlet you know because he knows it's going to be more I have to build up to the big one of the West End so I've got to start this one (laughs) write it to Olivier to tell him how to play a character as if Olivier is like oh of course I have all the time to talk to some random schoolboy about how to play Chekhov character oh god this is amazing do we know if he wrote back did he write back I think he did oh the privilege the privilege and if we may, if I may be so smug, but since it's a Ken and M podcast, I feel like I should. Just this letter to Olivier about how to play a role in Chekhov, very much as a Chekhov's gun in this podcast. Oh, <laughs> nice. Okay. I will keep that in mind. Okay, good. Because the letter. The Olivier's and their legacy will come back to haunt right. our okay. lovers. In 1980, so when he was just 20, he was asked to perform a soliloquy from Hamlet for Queen Elizabeth II during one of her visits to the Academy. So he was like super cool, super hot, like, oh, you know, one of these young, you know, guns. Now, this is a weird connect. So he, I think, I can't remember the name for the play, but he was in some play, A Month in the Country, I'm pretty sure it's that. And it was his first sort of big sort of... It made his name on the West End, and in it was Rupert Everett? Murdoch. Everett. Rupert Everett. So a month. Of the I really wish it was it... Rupert Murdoch was in this play. <laughs> he tried his hand at acting. If only he'd made it, the whole world would be a That's much better place. That's why he's such an angry man. Yeah, he never it's, got it's, his it's, drama it's, dream. You know, Kenneth Branagh knocked him out of out of a wall, and he said, "Screw it! I will ruin everything." And that was the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> so Rupert Everett was in it. Kenneth Branagh was in it. He made his name. Another up and coming actor slash comedian was in it. Who? Who we all know. Hal Crittenden. No, you're joking. Was he? Hal 
Al Grundon was in it and he says that he remembers Kenneth Branagh and he was really lovely. Really? Wow. He was really nice. Oh, that's nice. So he's Kenneth Branagh as a young Turk storming it up on the stage. Emma Thompson, meanwhile, is also establishing her career. She's doing really well at Cambridge Footlights. They win the Perrier Award when they go up to Edinburgh. And such as the way as UK comedy was in the late 80s, Everyone's posh and white. Everybody's posh and white. And it seems to be, and I don't know if any of you have ever read like the history of like Monty Python and stuff like that. Basically, you're halfway funny and white and slightly posh and the BBC will go, oh, hey, do you want like a six part sketch series? Mm. And you're like, yeah, I'm 22. Why not? So she got, she was like in loads of sketch stuff. She got acting in a series, a mini series called Fortunes of War in 1987 and this is where she meets Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh. What's the age difference here then? So she's a year older than him. Oh, oh, nice. Okay. All right. Carry on. It's very progressive. It's very yeah. progressive. During an interview on location, <laughs> Emma spoke of what it was like to be absolutely, totally and blindly in love. Oh, wow. But Kenneth is a bit... And tries to deflect attention by pretending to be gay. What? <sighs> Kenneth! Stephen oh Files around like, mate, I've already got that one covered, thanks. <laughs> Don't need you. <laughs> this one of Olivier's tips. <laughs> <laughs> then apparently it followed a tempestuous two years, which culminated in Emma leaving Ken, who had a reputation for having a bit of a roving eye. Oh, really? Oh. According to, so this is all in the press. I understand. It was a deep Google dive, but according to a friend, he had a reputation for a roving eye. A friend recalls, it all came to a head when Emma found some letters from another woman. She called the whole thing off and went to New York. Another friend says, he had an affair. Emma went absolutely barmy. She said she never wanted to see Ken again. She went off to America, but she was secretly hoping he would follow her. It was a little bit spiky to begin with. But also, the, well, these stories are always like, and so she went to New York. I know. Like most, most of us have to just like know, move Pippa, into a friend's like, house. I, and, yeah, usually I'm lucky if I live somewhere with a door to slam, much less <laughs> it was somewhere to actually run away to. It's just incredible. And also, so she always knew that he was he was playing the field. I mean, to be, okay, if I'm honest, the minute you said that when they first got together, she spoke of how wonderful it was to fall in love. And he, meanwhile, kind of didn't sort of talk it down. And like pretended to be gay or whatever. The minute, if your guy is not like screaming from the rooftops how great you are, but you are, there's a problem. If one of you's really into it, one of you's like, oh, right. I don't want that. Yeah. That's immediately a red flag for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Mr. You know, Pippa, I imagine that. that the way you're speaking about lovely Mr. Bunce, I presume he's telling his friends how wonderful you are as well. Constant, he wears a t shirt constantly. Obviously. just says, My wife's you, the best. It's the only one that you wash, so he has to wear that one every <laughs> single day. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah so, right. All the it, signs are there. All the signs all are the already signs there. All the signs are there. All I'm saying is, if I was Emma, I'd be calling up Hugh Laurie saying, yo, what's up? Are you still available? That's what I've been doing. Do you still play the jazz piano? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But do you think, and I'd be interested to hear, Pippi, your thoughts on this. Do you think it's like, so Emma Thompson, she, so her dad dies when she's like in her early 20s. So Mm. she's very driven, very career orientated. She's doing really, really well. Kenneth Branagh also incredibly driven, incredibly focused. So they're kind of finding themselves in this do you think they kind of love the drama? Well, you know, especially early 20s. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That's. I mean, that's where we're at, isn't it? We've, we're, mm. 
We can we can talk about how great Mr. Bunce is, but I, I did all the drama stuff before I met Mr. Bunce because that was that was what you did. I had so so many relationships where you know you break up and then you get back together and you break mm-hmm. up and you get back together and you just enjoy enjoy that uh, sort of sexy. It's, quite, it's called like isn't it called like the victim pers- pursuer triangle or something, isn't it? That you're like you you're awful to me, and then you have sex and you make up and it's great, and then and then you just keep going around this cycle. So I imagine they would. They were probably just doing that weren't they but it just was on a much bigger scale than something that we're used to because they could fly to new york and he'd have to chase her uh, across the atlantic which is again even more dramatic and sexy isn't it so she runs off to new york she's gone to new york he follows her to new york because of course they can win her back (laughs) one of his friends says about emma's relationship with ken i think she keeps quite a tight rein on him Oh, Obviously God. not that tight. Yes. <laughs> They're shagging around. That's not a very good friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you think, and I guess maybe as an outsider, there seems to be quite this thing, I don't know, Chantal, if you've noticed this, with English, posh English men, it's like, oh, well, you need a bloody battle axe woman who, you know, none of these fluffy showgirls, at the end of the day, you want like a strong woman to keep you in order. It's like they think having a girlfriend means having someone who... um who's like, I don't know, judging you all the time when really all they're doing is caring about you. Yeah. Uh, they call, you know. when when women do this, when women are like, oh, he's broken up with me in bed together, they, that's called being dramatic and they love the drama. When men do it, it's just called boys having fun, but they're doing exactly the same thing. The men deliberately are kind of not calling their girlfriends or they say they're going to because they love the drama the same way the girls do. They and love it. They, they love, love it that just drama. as much. They're just as into the silly little chase of, oh, she'll, she'll be mad at me and I'll have to say I'm sorry and then she'll forgive me and then I'll have to buy her flowers and then I'll go on holiday and do it again and then it'll all happen. They, they, they love all that crap. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it. It's as simple as that. They it's could the whole, just be the, single. They love, the, they love the whole thing. It's the whole basis of Towie. Uh, yeah. If you're only, you know, Towie is basically lots of men being awful exactly. and going, I'm oh, sorry, I didn't mean it like that. Oh, yeah. I love you. I love you. Yeah. Give them all a different education. It's basically Kenneth Branagh and his mates. So it's exactly the same thing. <laughs> they could be like, you know, when like ex prisoners go into schools and say, don't end up like me. Yeah. Like, Kenneth Branagh and his mates could go and sort of rehabilitate young boys to know what how to actually behave with their exactly. partners. Exactly. Well, so two years after meeting, they get married. They get married in a lavish London ceremony. God, so he won and her back. He went to New York, won her well, back. Well, went and to New York it. and then they got married quite quickly afterwards. Oh, Emma. Imagine and, being her um, friend watching this happen. She's one of her own screenplays, that woman. <laughs> so, um, Kenneth Branagh's best man on the day was a little actor you might have heard, Brian Blessed. No oh, way! Great. Oh, Imagine that speech, speech that would have been. Oh, oh God! This has somebody describes the speech, and I just think mm. it shows just how unpopular Kenneth Branagh and Emma Thompson were at this period of time. Because this is what they said. He said in the speech. So remember, this is on their wedding day, happiest day of their life. Brian Blessed said, out in the world at large, there were people who would want to pull down Emma and Kenneth, but the people in the room loved them and it was very important that we all kept in touch with them and surrounded them with a lot of love because there was a lot of people who had enjoyed destroying them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Brian. They were unpopular folks. Well, people people were jealous. People were jealous. Well, so there was a very particular 
accusation that was made against Kenneth Branagh Ooh. and Emma Thompson. And I remember it at the time. And now I look back and it's so quaint. So they were told, the, the word used just to tear them down about how they were the absolute worst was they were lovies. Lovies. Remember that was all British people had to worry about. Yeah, rich artistic people lovies that's the worst thing you could say to a posh person in who worked in the theatre <laughs> so some of the reasons that they didn't make life easy for themselves oh, no. was they kind of encouraged the comparison that they were the next Olivier's it was very much like they're the next Lawrence and Vivian they were like oh stop it we're not but like they obviously loved it they obviously they loved it especially I bet you Kenneth especially I can just see Ken- Kenneth could not wait to everyone to say that he was the next Olivier his, his whole life is just if he could change his name by deed polls Lawrence Olivier he would guaranteed it's also a classic uh, tall poppy syndrome isn't it really when you go oh they're such lovies just means that they're you know they're, they're very successful in their theatrical career yeah exactly why, why would you want to put them down and, and being a lovey just means that you call people darling doesn't it mm. it's not it's not a huge accusation That's- and i think it spoke a lot to the time well first of all sort of in the 80s and early 90s they basically were i was just gonna say can we just say they were lovies okay this was this accusation <laughs> yeah, yeah. was 100 correct <laughs> yeah. we're all talking around oh to be called lovey they were 100 if i think of lovey i think of those two like they were a yeah. definition of lovey it's in the dictionary their faces <laughs> <laughs> they could bring a whole career on you might be a lovey if yes. and then he could just tour <laughs> totally I remember um, Richard Attenborough getting upset he that he was accused him. of being a lovey because he called people darling but he revealed the reason he called everyone darling was because he could never remember anyone's names of course he felt like it that's was better part of to just call people darling isn't it because you meet so many people don't you darling yeah and you, so, just don't, uh, you don't care exactly exactly so so uh, is it is it that you're a lovey or is it that you're just forgetful <laughs> well so well, I'm going to give you some some specific examples from Emma and Kenneth's backlog and see if they if they didn't make life hard for them. First of all, they worked together a lot. So as soon as they were married, a lot they were in a lot of films together. They were in Fortress of War. They were in Look Back in Anger, Henry V, Much Ado About Nothing, Dead Again and Peter's Friends. She said that she always carries a copy of Virginia Woolf's a room of one's own, and Shakespeare's sonnets around with her <laughs> at all times. <laughs> she wondered why people hated her. Oh my god! Uh, how big was her handbag? Jesus. <laughs> Again, a word that is often thrown around, and I think overused, but here I think is perfect pretentious. I mean, that is that is insanely pretentious. And then to tell people that you do it as well. Don't broadcast that, Emma. <laughs> So it was in my bag. And- a copy of Take a Break. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and then when she was asked how she felt about her TV comedy series, Thompson, being cancelled, she described it as a little allotment above which was a massive and incredibly beautiful oak tree. And that's Shakespeare. <laughs> I'm beginning to be on Kenneth's side. <laughs> I think I'm beginning to find her a bit insufferable myself. When she gets to New York, he's like, oh, thank God, she's gone for a bit. <laughs> she only speaks in metaphors. Exactly. Everything's an allegory. Did, uh, did, the, re- did the reporter say, do you want me to repeat the question? <laughs> Now, Kenneth obviously is no better himself. He's, he was described by his friends as being intense, 
That's a polite word. Quite... That's a polite word for prick. <laughs> that's, that's all that is. And he was sort of ridiculed when it's quite normal now, but it's you know times have changed. But when he was thirty, for bringing out his autobiography called Beginning, oh, and people just thought it was quite. Oh, these two deserve what they got. <laughs> has he has he released more? Like, has there been middle and uh, <laughs> yeah, near exactly. The end? Everyone just pray for the end. Just can't yeah. wait for the end. <laughs> Anything yeah, yeah. now, Kenneth? When's Come that on. one coming out, Kenneth? <laughs> <laughs> Roll on tenterhooks. Bring it, please, for the love of God, please end this. And this was a real red flag for me. In both their Wikipedia bios, uh-huh. both of them were described as having a great love of words mm. oh yeah that is just a red flag when anybody says they have a love of words, <laughs> love of words. i just i'm like i'm done yeah i totally agree imagine having a conversation with someone who's a love of words good luck getting a word in edgewise jesus they, you, when, a love of words means a love of words of one's own which <laughs> means of their words no one else's and what i'm going to do is and i might uh pippa get you to read this out so I did a deep dive, you know, trying to find, because a lot of it was about sort of the aftermath of their relationship rather than the actual relationship itself. But what year are we in at the moment, by the way? Sorry, when you where are we now? Ballpark, like early 90s, mid 90s? Early 90s, early 90s. So she, am I right in saying that they split after she won the Oscar for Pride and well, Prejudice? Well, okay, so we're going to get the, we're going to get to this in a second. I'm going to presume that was a big thing. Ahead. You're leaping I apologize, ahead. I apologize. So I'm going to send this to Pippa. The reporter was asking, because they were such an iconic, they're so famous at the time. So he was asking different sort of like intellectuals, their thoughts on Emma Thompson and Kenneth Branagh. Okay, so do you want to read this out? <laughs> Yes. So this was Howard Jacobson, Booker Prize winning novelist, was asked his thoughts on celebrity artistic couple Kenneth Branagh and Emma Thompson. The two of them would have been much better at sticking to poor quality university drama. I think they are two of the worst actors in Britain today. (laughs) Ersatz actors playing ersatz roles in ersatz films for the American audience. Emma Thompson excels at being a dreadful and thoroughly non-English actress. Take Howard's End, an astonishingly inaccurate and artificial portrait of England. She won an Oscar in the worst film to come out of this country in the last decade. (laughs) There is surely some form of conspiracy. I think we must all know in our souls that they are both risable performers. The whole cinema was laughing when I went to see Much Ado and I assumed it was because of its sheer awfulness. (laughs) Oh, this guy's great. When I came out and everyone said they loved it, I thought I must have been hallucinating. (laughs) It is the most embarrassing film I have ever watched. The sheer comedy of seeing that little man with his puny fingers on his pathetic hips trying to engage vitalities with the worst kind of middle-class saccharine actress was extraordinary. I hooted with laughter. It is the only production of Shakespeare I have ever seen that made me think what a hopeless writer he was, and that is a real achievement. Branagh has broken the first rule of being a good director, which is never to direct yourself. America gets notoriously tired of fads and fashions, and I think their bubble may have burst by now, and there will be no future for them. <laughs> wow, so they ruined they ruined Shakespeare himself. When when did how where did Howard write this? What is it? So in? this was this was late eighties. It was a piece about them for Tatler. 
but that was for Tatler, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So if because it reads sort of like a recorded conversation in a pub, doesn't it? Rather than a, <laughs> rather than something that you would have considered and put into a publication. And then editor go, yeah, yeah, we'll print that. That's great. Yeah, 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 yeah great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it should have ended with and another thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so. What's happened is they are overexposed to this and they're always working together. And then something that sort of changes the dynamic. Emma starts getting cast in films that aren't directed by Kenneth mm-hmm. Branagh. Mm. So she wins the part of one of the main characters in Howard's End, co-starring Anthony Hopkins. Carter. Isn't Anthony Hopkins and as well? HBC's L- in it though. That's the important bit. HBC, HBC, yeah. HBC right. HBC is in it. She wins Best Actress for that. Mm. Then she um, sort of has this really successful streak in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. She stars in Remains of the Day. One year she's nominated for Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress. Meanwhile, things aren't going that hot mm. for Kenneth Branagh. Mm. He's doing fine, but he's not doing as well as his wife. Things were getting so bad that apparently before the split, he and Emma discussed therapy to help cure him from the habit of falling in love on set. Oh my oh god! That is hard. I thought you were going to say have therapy to cope with the jealousy that that's, he experienced from, that's what I from thought, to help it, her him. success. I thought you say cure him from help from endlessly putting her down whenever she comes home with another Oscar. <laughs> but she says, oh, "Where am I going to put them? Can I run out of space? Can you put another <laughs> shelf up for me, please, Kenny?" Uh, oh, this is. And I just like to say this is why I never went out with a performer as well. By the way, that was this relationship because I could see that they were that he could not cope with the fact that she was just suddenly eclipsing him completely in all of these different roles and was um, so exciting so you know there's there's a lesson in there so he kept falling in love with other not just shagging around Fall, come back and telling his wife, "Oh, I fell in love again." Whoops! <laughs> like, oh darn, not again! Like he just accidentally fell into love every single time he went on set. Oh God, Kenneth! Gross. And it's like, don't worry, this therapy. We can deal with this together. So she confirmed his problems when she sighed during an interview that Ken was constitutionally unsuited to being married, and added that some people were just not capable of monogamy. Mm. My God, the I mean, classic line. Classic. He wasn't. I mean, they're from the. St- How long were they together in total? Um, so they got together in eighty-seven, and the nineteen ninety-five is the big year. Right. Okay. That we're approaching very quickly. Okay. So entering this story is mm-hmm. Helena Bone Carter on the set of Frankenstein. Dun, 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 dun. Mm. So this wasn't the first time they met. I just couldn't believe this was true, but I also knew my bones. It must be true. This isn't the first time Kenneth Branagh and Helena Bone Carter met. They first met in 1988 at a poetry reading on a boat floating down the Thames. Shut the fuck up. I'm out. I'm done And he was driving the boat. (laughs) She was wearing a floated dress. I might have to move back to America after this. (laughs) (laughs) What a pair of somebody who just sort of wasn't even asked and just stood up and started reciting oh, a sonnet. 100%, yeah, yeah, yeah. Grania, 100. That's him at every single party he's ever been to. Yeah, yeah. 
could be his, like, what his, is, what's your favourite sonnet? <laughs> his present to all of his friends is his performing a, a, a sonnet or a mo- mo- yeah, monologue yeah. from some play. That's his I didn't present. buy you a You're gift. You're welcome. I wanted to give you an experience. <laughs> the gift of theatre. <laughs> oh my God. He's never bought a wedding present for anybody <laughs> no, in his life, has uh, he? No, yeah. <laughs> that once. I'd rather have six toasters than yeah, a poet exactly. from Kenneth. <laughs> I'll, have, I'll, I'll have an Argos voucher, actually. Thanks, Ken. <laughs> Just anything, but please, not this bloody sonnet again. <laughs> Can I ask the age difference between, because obviously Emma's one year old, basically the same age her and Ken. Is is Helena much younger? She is by like 10 years, I feel like, if I made that up. Is I she feel, the same I feel age? like I remember she was a bit younger. Didn't Hang on, I'm going to Google it right Google now. Google it, Google it right now. I feel like she's a solid 10 years Maybe I'm, I'm with wrong, you, actually, She was Chantel. born in 66. Okay, and well, he then, he's born, born in 1960, in... wasn't he? So it's only oh, a six-year oh, age okay. difference. All right, not really. too shabby. Okay. So this is when their marriage shatters. He, you know, and it's this is, an, it is his public knowledge from all three parts. He left Emma for Helena Bone Carter. She has spoken about how rough she found it. So in an interview at the time, she said, afterwards, I definitely had clinical depression. She said she was crying a lot and seeing the story on TV and the papers only made it worse. It was tough. I think I probably should have sought professional help uh, before I actually did for all sorts of reasons. Divorce is a ghastly, painful business, but also fame in some ways is a ghastly, painful business as well. Okay, so think of Emma. Her heart's broken. Her husband has left her her for this glamorous younger actress. She's broken hearted. She sits at home. Um, I can can remember. Sorry, sorry, can you back up to the glamorous part? Because Helena (laughs) Helena Bottom Carter was many things, but (laughs) glamorous wasn't one of them, babes, all right? I'm not letting you get away with that. (laughs) She was was young and gorgeous. She's always young and gorgeous, I'll give you that. But clothes wise, glamorous, not a word anyone associates with Helena Bottom Carter. I think. I think what we've got a problem here is a translation problem where British glamour means that you brushed your hair. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> but I know, I think in their circles, you have to think in their circles, Helena, Lena Bone Carter, if you were like Kenneth Branagh and Stephen Fry, it would have been like, oh, this exquisite beauty. Like she's just stepped out of a, a Lancelot tale. <laughs> well, and because she was actual genuine aristocracy as well. So I'm sure they yeah. were all kind of very impressed. Mm-mm. He's like the working class boy from Belfast. Yeah, and mm. she's proper, proper blue. Let's return. So it's Emma Thompson. She's broken hearted. She's, she's broken. crying. Yeah. She, the only thing, okay, bear this in mind, the only thing she can do is write. It's the only thing she can do. Ken had an old black cashmere dressing gown I'd given him one Christmas and he was gone. He wasn't living it at home, but she still had that dressing gown. She said, I used to put it on and crawl from the bedroom to the computer and sit. Which in her house, by the way, was like three wings of a mansion in her house. That's yeah. why she had to mention that. <laughs> it was very drafty. <laughs> yes. So think about this poor, broken hearted Emma Thompson, divorced, publicly humiliated, crying, sobbing on her typewriter. It was the only thing that could keep her sane. What was she working on? Any guesses? Sense and sensibility. <laughs> sense and sensibility. That's right. She was writing the screenplay to Sense and Sensibility that not only would win her the Best Adapted Screenplay mm-hmm. Oscar and a nomination for Best Actress, what would it also win her? The Love of Greg Wise. Oh, That's right. Iconic Oscar speech as well, by the way. Oh, yes. Yeah, very good Great speech. Great Oscar speech. I just feel like so this kind of story that that makes it hard for people to feel sorry for for um 
sort of posh people, isn't it? Because <laughs> because it's <laughs> I cried into a cashmere my cashmere jumper and then I wrote an award winning screenplay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's the sort of bit that people normally take to take out of your memoir because they go, We're trying to make them sort of see you as a real person. Uh, trying to find the relatable bit here, Emma. <laughs> um, but I completely understand why she fell in love with Greg Wise as Willoughby because I had such a massive girl boner for him. Like it was unbelievable when he rides on that horse. Also, I think Kate, Kate Winslet made him um, so attractive just by the way she shouted Willoughby when she was like yeah. in the fields all the time. Willoughby, Willoughby. Uh, so and it's tough I, to make Willoughby an attractive name. That's right. not exactly. Oh, that's not easily Imagine. done. That's if not if easily Mr. Done. Bunce was called Mr. Willoughby. Yeah, this wouldn't, we wouldn't be having the conversation. <laughs> no, everyone, everyone would be like, what's his first name? We'll use that, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so she gets together with Greg Wise and eight years after a divorce from Kenneth, she gets married to him. Mm. And they have a daughter and an adopted son. Meanwhile, Kenneth Branagh, it doesn't last with him. Well, we know that. Nina Bunkard. How long have they been together three, for? Three years. Oh, so it's quite a big one. Oh, I thought it was like a real short, like six, seven months thing. Oh, so they actually were a couple. Okay. Three hot and heavy years of the affair. Emma Thompson says afterwards, it's all blood under the bridge. You can't hold blood on to under the like bridge. That. I love that. Blood I mean, that's a great, bridge. again, that's, uh, that's great. It's, it's well all done, there. Emma. That river is still stained. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <you> know? <laughs> she says, you can't hold on to anything like that. It's pointless. I haven't got the energy for it. Helena and I made our peace years and years ago. She says, we're both slightly mad and a bit fashion challenged. Perhaps that's why Ken loved us both. She's a wonderful woman. You think they get around and have some wine and just make fun of Ken? Yeah. That's what I would do. Piss going, pretty fucking small, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) That's all they do. (laughs) Then in 2003, Kenneth Brunner married film art director Lindsay Brunnock whom he met during the shooting of Shackleton. Has he ever <laughs> gone on a date with anyone he didn't meet on set? Or is it just not allowed? He has to meet them on set to want to date them. Maybe he doesn't have any time. He doesn't go and, you know, he's, he's always on set. No where, right, where, where would he go? You can't really, t- you can't really Tinder if you're K- Kenneth Branner, can you? You have to be on Raya. So, Pippa, why do you think, why do you think Kenneth Branner and Emma Thompson, why did it not last? Um, what because, do you think? <laughs> from your deep dive, um, because of his roving eye, <laughs> basically. I mean, that's that's basically it, isn't it? Because it sounds like she would have put up with quite a lot, and uh, and he I feel like he never grew up in a way. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like he went to drama school. You said he went to drama school when he was eighteen. Mm. At fifteen, he was already writing a to column, Olivier. like a weird, strange. He's writing to Olivier. So so it means he he never had his little. What they call, you know, he he was sowing his wild oats while he was also trying to be married in a nice house, you know. Yeah. Um, but I do feel sad that it didn't work out because they did look great together. Yeah. Um, they and, made a um, lot of sense. They did make a they lot made of sense. a lot of sense. Maybe it's because they, they were used to the whole tempestuous thing and she, like her running off to New York and him following after her. And maybe just after a while, too much damage is done and he doesn't follow, doesn't chase back after her. And then you're like, oh, it's over. Yeah, well, well that, maybe, maybe that she got busy cheating. though. <laughs> yeah, that and the cheating. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we can discount the cheating. But also, yeah. but if she's like getting popular, you know, so when you're into those, it means you've got time to be being dramatic doesn't it if you start getting really successful you start going oh I don't have time to deal with this right now so even it might be that they uh, kind of grew out of the sexy drama and Mm. uh, she's like actually I don't yeah I don't have time 
But then it's but then that, that then that's interesting as to why she was so broken heart by HBC, really, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. why would that affect you so much if this is so common? Yeah, I know I, what you mean. If he was endlessly cheating. Yeah. Maybe because it was maybe this one was more of a contemporary and she felt like, Oh, I know Helena, she's just like me and Maybe it's hit closer to home, like, like oh, yeah. your mate, you, you know, your boyfriend cheated on you with your mate, essentially. Well, yeah, or your boyfriend cheats with, you with someone who's so much like you. You're like, yeah. well, I'm literally yeah. here. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can understand if they go with someone Precisely. who's like completely different. That's what I was saying. You get it. Mm. When it's literally you, you're like, oh, God, this is something deep inside of me he doesn't care about. <laughs> This guy really doesn't love me. This guy really has worked hard not to love me. He's really really made an effort. Well, it's up the part of our podcast where we ask you the big, most important question. Oh, gosh. In every split, there are winners and there are losers. So in the great split between Dame Emma Thompson and Sir Kenneth Brunner, who thrived... And who just survived? I mean, it's got to be Emma. Emma <laughs> Emma thrived. We were all on her side. I, I know that um, Belfast just come out. But if you ask a young person like who Kenneth Branagh is, they probably won't know. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. He's yeah. very 90s. Everything about him is very 90s yeah. to me. Still, even his haircut is still yeah. very nice. Yeah. Yeah. She's definitely the winner. She's the winner, Gronya. She's the winner. Oh, another award for Emma. That's right. Another one. <laughs> to reinforce we'll it the to shelf. Get, put it in her cupboard. <laughs> no, you know what she'll do? She put it in the downstairs loo. Oh, she was definitely yeah, one yeah, of them. Yeah. yeah, they love doing that. They use them as a doorstop. Yeah, yeah they love using them as doorstop. Mean, how many... Who, I don't use a doorstop end of sentence. So who are these people using doorstops all the time? It's absolute bullshit. No one needs a doorstop. If you have a very drafty big house with lots of wings, then you oh, do need a doorstop. <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you, Pippa, darling. Thank you, Pippa. No, you're darling, darling honestly. It's darling. been an absolute joy, darling. Both we do of you still darlings. have one more question for you, Pippa. <laughs> oh, do yes. you? We do. Yeah. We have one what? more star question for you. If you're ready. If you're I'm up ready. For the challenge. I'm here. There is a certain someone that we're trying to find a love match for. She's out there. She's currently single. Who do you think would be a great love match for the one, the only, Cher? Cher. Yeah. Who'd you set her up? She's on the phone. She's like, oh, God, dinner tonight. Pippa, I'm Who's alone. Free? I need a date. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do? I don't know why it came to mind, oh. but it was Peter Crouch. Oh, oh nice. that is out of left field and the pun is intended. Because he's tall. He's tall. Yeah, He's yeah. funny. He's, he's, he's down to earth. He'd be able to dance. I'm sure Abby would be okay with it. She won't mind. She'd be fine. She'd be uh, fine. I can see them being quite a funny couple because she's funny on the oh, old she's Twitter. Funny. She's we funny. Do think, we do think he needs, she needs someone younger as well. We tend to always skew oh, yeah. young for Cher. So uh-huh. he's, a, he's a new one. He's a new one to the list. I like it. The, the goal for she, me and Grania is eventually send her this list and then she can just pick one and we'll help her get them together. <laughs> I can see her, you know, he's going down training. She like will go, arrive there. Somebody's got an umbrella. Yeah. She'd like stand at the side of the pitch for about 30 seconds and they'll be like, right, I gotta go. <laughs> I love you, baby. <laughs> and and he'd, he'd get her to come and sing on his podcast, wouldn't he? Yeah, I doubt. Like, She'd be great with that. Oh, I don't know. I thought you said there's going to be a big audience. There's going to be a big audience, you said, Peter. <laughs> you just can't, you can't see them, but they are here. Well, I, I, what's an audience if you can't see it? <laughs> 
just three bad share impressions now. <laughs> so what, that's, what this, that's what this podcast always devolves into. In the end. <laughs> well, that's a good one. Thank you so much. That's a great one. Peter and Peter and Cher. I love it. I'm a fan. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. Cher Crouch, if you decide to take that's the name. <laughs> Please don't that do that, like Cher. Cher. It sounds like Cher Crouch couch yeah it's not good it's not they could be, be, be a good furniture store if they ever get low on cash but otherwise i'm not into it <laughs> thank you so much pippa that was thank an absolute so dream much, i loved it thank you it was is there anywhere that our listeners can can see you where can our listeners find you find more of what you're up to you can find me on twitter and instagram at i am pippa evans and uh, i I turn up on things like Radio 4 every so often. And, I could uh, tell when you were doing that dramatic reading of the uh, of oh, the yeah. guy reviewing them. That was very... I, I closed my eyes. I was listening to Radio 4. It was very... I could tell. But I was like, this isn't her first time with the rodeo. She's done this before. This is a professional. I'm essentially a Butlin's red coat trapped in a Radio 4 body. I like it. I like it. <laughs> The Way They Were is an Amanda Redman production produced by Abby Weaver and Amanda Redman. We want to hear your celebrity couple crush, so email us on thewaytheywerepod at gmail.com. Or find us on Twitter at thewaytheywerepod and we're on Instagram at thewaytheywerepodcast. Thanks so much to Audio Boom for hosting and thanks to you for listening. Until the next time, goodbye. Goodbye. The way they were.